Hey Ichi Niamaji family, Sydney Miheso here with another special edition of the podcast. We are digging into the crates to share some of our favorite oldie but goodie episodes as a holiday treat to you for your continuous support. This week's oldie but goodie is an origin story of MOOC, a Kenyan social e-commerce platform that allows sellers to quickly and easily set up online stores with installed payment integration. Co-founder and CEO Eric Thimber shares the startup's remarkable journey. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is the Chini Imagine Podcast with Impact Africa Network. Um, very excited this week to continue with our founder series. And we have an amazing guest for you uh, this week. Uh, back with our founder series. Eric Thimber is CEO and founder of MOOC. Co-founder. Co-founder. Awesome. Thanks for correcting me. So co-founder of MOOC, but you're the CEO, right? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, I got that right. So you and I have known each other for some time. And I got to tell you, Eric, uh, from the first time I met you, the energy um, was, was impressive. And uh, there were three things that I, I took away from that first meeting, right? Uh, the, the, you started telling me about how you got to product market fit and how that process went. That was really impressive for me because that was at the time I was you know, thinking about making the move here. And I was here for, I think, five days from the Bay Area. And um, just your thought process around that order of operations to get to product market fit. And so that's a really good story that I think uh, our audience will, will benefit from for sure. And I actually connected you with some other founders who I had been talking to who were struggling with the same issue. And you took the time to actually go meet with them. So that was pretty dope. So the next thing that impressed me was, you know, you, know, you were able to actually raise a seed fund. Right, a seed round rather. As as a local founder, that is, you're 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 a unicorn. Right? <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so hard. Yeah. You're a unicorn, yeah. man. How many how many do you know who's been able you know, to do that? You know, uh, I just know you and maybe a couple of others. You know, um, so big ups to you, and that's super impressive. The other thing too was you know your your humility and accessibility, right? That is another another unicorn status for our ecosystem. To be honest, man. Um, very accessible, very available. Most people, by the time they raise a seed round and they're building a growth startup in, in our ecosystem, man, I mean, things change, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, didn't know but that. it happens. I mean, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and, and you know, I, I encounter... I, my job is to study the ecosystem and kind of f- figure out, you know, what's going on and who can be connected with who and what's happening. What do we need to do to actually, um, you know, change the African narrative, right? And uh, achieve the vision of... Trying, you know, making Silicon Savannah perform as we've been hoping it will perform. And so people like you give me hope and get me super excited. So without further ado, uh, I will let you introduce yourself. And maybe the first thing you could do is tell us your background, where you went to high school, college, and how you ended up founding, founding MOOC, where the idea come from. Word. Thanks for having me, man. Um... I also remember the first time I met you, man, and I, and I remember you uh, being very passionate about, about, uh, about your, your ideas and also just about the, the, the whole ecosystem. And it's interesting because it's, you know, you've, been, you've been very consistent, you know? Yeah, and, sure. um, yeah. I think that's amazing. I think it's just the fact that, you know, through that, through that consistency that's, that your idea has developed and it's, it continues to, to grow um, because... Because, because you're consistent, you know, you, you, you went with it, you saw, the, you saw what the need was, and, and you just 
barreled through that, 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 that rabbit hole um, with full steam ahead. So that's really dope, man. And that's part of the reason why I'm always making myself available is because that's the kind of energy that you always want to be around. You know? Um, you know, this, 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 thing is a, this thing is a jungle, bro. <laughs> you know, and I think you know this, and I think that's part of the reason why I think what you, the work that you're doing is amazing is because um, it's work around building the ecosystem. Um, it's work about making this 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 whole journey uh, easier and, and allowing uh, great products to come out of, of this ecosystem simply because you know the founders and the people that are building these products will have the ability to to spend time thinking about their product and, and focusing in on getting you know the, the right solution out into the market mm -hmm. instead of thinking about you know all these other little things that that really in my opinion you know uh, are, are you know very juakali right meaning that 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 we need to formalize this industry mm -hmm. we need to formalize a lot of the things around um, how people are creating and developing products mm -hmm. um, especially around tech mm -hmm. and specifically around tech mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that's all I can speak to because that's the, the space that I'm in and, and, and that's the space that I I, I, I'm lobbying for, right? Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, that's we'll talk about that a, about, uh, <laughs> a lot more. But uh, you know, my background is you know I went to high school, I grew up in Nairobi, mm -hmm. um, born and raised, mm -hmm. um, and um, I went to high school in Saint Mary's. Oh, you're a Saints guy. I'm a Saints guy, man. You look like a Saints guy. I look like a Saints guy. <laughs> hey. That's a good thing, man. I don't know, man. That's actually a good thing. Yes, yeah, so, I'm telling you, everybody wanted to be a saints guy. So that's why you're like, yeah, you look like that guy. Eh? Saints, saints guys. For those people who don't down. know, Saint Mary's. Uh -huh. Anyone who went to Saint Mary's was a cool guy. <laughs> those were the coolest guys. It's like, it's like if you meet a cool guy, the first thing you ask is, did you go to Saints? You know what I'm saying? I can't believe I'm letting you get away with this. Uh, this is so good. The only reason I'm letting you get away with this on a podcast <laughs> is because. I was in Saints for, for, for a bit too, but uh, I came... That's where you got your coolness, yeah? That's, uh, oh you can, my God. You can point, you can point to your coolness. The, the day that you, that you, you discovered coolness. Was in St. Yeah? Mary's. Was in St. Mary's, eh? So I'm, I'm a Star guy, right? Uh -huh. uh, like uh, high school. But then I, I did the IB thing. So nice. that's, how I could, that's how I can pick you guys out in a crowd. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, I'm a Saints guy. Uh -huh. And then after Saints, I, I went to school in, um, in the U.S., um, to study political science and theology. Wow. Um, you're trying to... What are you trying to do with that? Thing? I, you I really, look like a theologian to me, dude. Like, you're trying but to I am, man. I, I teach. I actually teach the Bible at my no church. Way, yes, no yes, way. yes. I teach the Bible. My bad. A, Let me call I'm a, back. I'm a Bible teacher. Uh -huh. um, but beyond that as well, I... You know, I, I've always... I've always... Um, my parents... My parents were, were very... This is interesting because when I look back... I really appreciate this about them is that they never really quite were the parents who were about be a doctor, be an engineer, mm. be a this. Mm. Like they didn't put a lot traditional of traditional, yeah, traditional kind of success. Only run down three exactly. train tracks. That's it. They, they really didn't give us any pressure around that. In terms of they, they didn't make it seem as though those were the things that we needed to be. Right. So and then another thing is that you know both my parents were entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, so they they both. So it's in the DNA. So it's in the DNA. Like I saw them <clears throat> hustle through. And struggle through and through that whole journey doing mm. through business, right? Mm. Um, I'm not really sure where I was going with this. No, your background, like how yes. you ended up, you know, where, where did you go to school though? Oh, oh yes. yes, yes, yes. So, oh yes, I was talking about my college, the reason why I studied what I did in college. Mm. Now I remember. Um, the, 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 the thinking around that was, it was simply because, you know, my parents never really actually like 
you know, for, for them it was it was a lot like, you know, what is your interest? Pursue that interest. Right. And so uh, even when I went very, to, very bold I know, for their generation. Very bold, very bold. Um, and so I remember when I went to college, it was very much my decision in terms of what I wanted to study. And so when I went to college initially, I was going there to study finance okay. and uh, finance and uh, and biblical studies. Mm. Now the two was simply because you know finance was just kind of like a I I just it just felt like whatever you know I do finance sounds like a dope thing. Like an right? insurance policy. Yeah, or what? Like an insurance policy. It just sounds dope, right? It's like what do you want to do finance? Cool. Awesome. Let's do that. Okay. Um, and the biblical studies is simply because you know I have um, I have a deep faith. Mm. And, 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 and I have had faith in, 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 in I'm a, I'm a Christian and, and my faith has been something that has been a part of my life for a long time. Awesome. Yeah. Um, beyond my parents, been, even I became a believer before my parents, mm. you know, mm. um, interesting. Yeah. I was the first person in my family actually, mm. but anyway, um, but for me, it's, it, I've been fascinated by, by, by the idea of God and for a long time, mm. not just from a from a faith standpoint, from just an understanding. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, going to college, I knew that I wanted to, I, I knew I wanted to study something to do with, 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 with a, a, a gaining a deeper understanding of God, mm. but not so that I could become a pastor or mm. a, a preacher. For you're, me, it was mostly... You're a, you're a spiritual seeker, exactly, maybe? Spiritual, exactly. So for me, it was, it was something that I wanted to, to learn because my parents had, had brought me up in a space where, you know, pursue your interest. And so my interest was in things to do with God. Mm. And so I was like, I want to study that. Wow. Um, but then when I went to college, the reason why I moved from finance to political science is, is because I, I, I was doing a, a course in my first year that really, really got me interested in, in political science. It was political science 101, actually. Okay. Uh, no, 201. Mm -hmm. And during that course, you know, there was so much that I learned about um, uh, international policy and just a, a bunch of other how things. The world works. How the world works. Yeah. And I was so fascinated that I was just like, you know what, I want to study this, this further. Yeah. Um, so those are the two things that I, I, I studied until my final year. I never actually graduated from college. Yeah. Um, maybe I will one day. Um, but I, when I came back to Nairobi, um, I came back to Nairobi and, and for some time, I was just really trying to find my way. Mm. I was trying to make this stuff happen. I was mm. involved in renewable energies, mm. projects and all that stuff. Mm. And so when I came back, I was really trying to kind of find my footing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was really difficult. It mm -hmm. was really difficult for, to kind of readjust my identity um, in this space when I was coming back home. How long were you gone for and where were you? I was gone, I was in Philly. Okay. I was about 20 minutes from, from Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and I was there for eight years. That's a, that's uh, a stretch, yeah. So yeah, it's a long time, you know, and you know, for, for, for a period, you know, it was just like, I, you know, I reached a point where I knew I wanted to come back home. Okay. Right. And the thing is, is that, you know, when I left to go to the US, I always knew I wanted to come back. I always knew that. It, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because even the, the friends that I, I had in the States, all of the new Simba is going to go back home. Were they mostly Kenyan, African? No, okay. Mostly American. American. Okay. Um, so, so for you know, me, for uh, me, it was a very different kind of. Uh, when I left, mm -hmm. coming back was not something that uh, I'd even contemplated, to be honest, man. Because mm -hmm. you know, when I left, Kenya was in its was kind of going through its toughest time. I would, I would say a lot of my generation folks were just leaving. That was just mm -hmm. the thing most people were doing. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And and for me, it was just like, dude. I, so just yes. com comparing and contrasting with your mindset, I really kind of I I, I, I 
when I go back and I look at people who had that mindset, to me it seems so like, wow, that's bold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go back yeah, yeah. It's interesting because uh, that you mentioned that because um, I do vividly recognize that moment when, when there was a lot of people who were just leaving the country and just relocated to the US, right? right, right. Uh, for very many reasons. Right. Or you go there and you study and then you just kind of stick around, right? right? And don't come back. Right. And, you know, I remember going to a, a number of, of parties with other Kenyans. Mm -hmm. And actually a majority of Kenyans weren't planning to come, back. Plan to come back. So I'm not really sure why, but, uh, but for, for, for me, for some reason, I just could not envision myself settling in, 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 in America. Mm. And I'm not really sure why. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think these are specific. Like, I'm, very, I'm always very fascinated by, by that, mm. right? And maybe that's a tough conversation for another day because today we got to, you know, power through some of these topics that uh, we have outlined for, for the podcast, right? But that's a very interesting thing. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we kind of progress forward and kind of dive into a little bit more about, okay, you're back. Yes. Trying to figure your way around. Trying to figure my way around. Uh, and then start, how did that go? Yeah. So I started working for um, a, a research and marketing agency. Okay. Um, got in there. It was really difficult. I kind of, during that period, I had, had what I had considered had hit, hit, hit rock bottom okay. since coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, and to some extent, I kind of, at this point, was kind of thinking to myself, you know, did, was that, was that so the right decision yeah. to come back, you know, because yeah. it took, yeah. it seemed to take so long for me to just get my, my, my footing. Right. And also the fact that... How about you know, how long, just, if you took I'd probably say it took, took about two years. Two years. It took about two years of limbo, you know, wiping out my savings. And now I'm just kind of, you know, just out here. Right. You know, and the time, and the thing that's interesting is that during that time, you know, you're looking around a lot of the people that you're with and you're uh, around the peers that you left, are all working, they're all doing stuff. Yeah. And here you are. They're moving. Kind of like, they're moving and you're just kind of like in this limbo. <laughs> and so eventually... Not a fun yeah, place to be. Not a fun place to be. So I eventually decided, you know, let me just look, see how I can, you know, get myself a job. Hmm. Um, so that's what I did. I ended up working for this research and marketing agency called Instant Grass. Hmm. Um, super dope. It's a great time. Mm. Started at the very bottom, mm. you know, <laughs> and um, I'm sure they look at you now and they're like, "Woohoo!" I mean, it was such a great experience there, man, because you know I really poured everything in, into that place. That's you know, awesome. like yeah. you know, always you know, give everything that you can, man, yeah. because it's like I feel like that's what sets you up for. What was unique about that place that captured your? Ah, I think what was what was really unique about that experience was just being able to understand how to think about products. And how to think about what the things that people need and want, and so it, it, a lot of the research that we did was around, uh, you know, around the youth and, and and how they were consuming products and the products that they were consuming and why they were consuming them. So there's a lot of, for me, there was a lot of. That's when I learned how to begin to start thinking about products. That's a very very interesting thing because mm -hmm. now I understand where you got that. I don't know what you'd call it, man, that insight, right? Mm -hmm. Because when I met you and you started talking about how you went about building MOOC, I was super impressed, mm -hmm. right? So that explains that. So go ahead. Yeah, so that was that, 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 was that experience. And, and right after that, I, I think it was in 2012, I left that. I left, I left the company. The company. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of reached kind of like the, you know, yeah. the, the peaked in there. And, and for, for me, the, I, I wanted to get into business, right? 
and started my, started my own thing. I, you know, sometimes I wonder, I think entrepreneurs are just, so, so, some are made, some are, some are just... Forced into it. Some are forced into <laughs> it, and some just are born that way. Right. And I think maybe that's just, for me, growing up in a, in a, in a home where... Entrepreneurial family. Entrepreneurial family, I was just like... This is what you do. My own thing. Yeah, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. The, the, the fear of starting your own thing wasn't... Yes, it was there, but it was like, yes, let's do that's this. That's just part of life. So I had an idea, yeah. which was to sell a heat patch. Okay. So this heat patch is for... It was a heat patch for... For women who are going through uh, period pain, mm. so you put the patch and it's and, and it's like a hot water bottle on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and where did this idea out. come from? <laughs> so this idea came since, from since yeah, you got yeah, period actually, pain. Like, yes, <laughs> exactly. So my sisters, my, my my sisters asked me to send her a box of those things while I was in the states. Okay. And so when I sent them to her and I asked her, you know, how's the whatever, yeah, how's it working out? But I also just thought it was really interesting, right? How's it working out? She's like, oh, it was super dope. It was cool. Yeah. Gave it to my friends, they liked it. So that's what began the whole kind of thought process around it. Um, so I started thinking about this idea, making it happen, um, got someone to design the thing, the box, ordered some, got, got myself my first investor. Wow, okay. Yes. Based on what? It was, it was uh, basically my, 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 a very close friend of mine, uh, her mom, was, was my first ever investor. Cool. This venture. Friends, family, and yes, friends, family, and fools. Fools. <laughs> the, the, the pastor is supposed to approach yeah, with an idea. So I approached it. She liked it, so she invested in it. That's awesome. And so that's what. So we went ahead with it. The thing that was interesting is that um, first, I remember during that time when I started that business, that I did not. My sister came and spoke to me about it and told me that the reason why this thing wouldn't work is because you have a product that is at a certain price point, but you don't understand who your competitor is. And she was, mm. and I was like, okay. And, and, and it turns out that the competitor to this product wasn't another heat patch. Mm. It was a painkiller. Oh! Right? Think about it. That's amazing. The other way, to, how do you deal with period pain? If I do if this patch, I can either wear the patch, or I can pop a 40 shilling bob pill, right? And the pain is gone, mm. isn't it? Mm. So, of course, I ignored her. Because <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, ah, what does she know? What does she know, right? What does I she know? Yeah, what does the customer know about what how we're solving their exactly. problem? And she's not even imagining. I was like, ah, forget her. Right? This is such a good idea. Right? And I mean, it was, it was, that was, that was a huge oversight on my part. Mm. And there were very many lessons that I learned from that. Mm. One is the, the, okay, let me just fast the, forward. The lessons are great. The lessons, okay. First lesson I learned from the, Nessa heat patch was one is that um, price is so important. Mm -hmm. you, you understanding how you charge for something is something that you should take quite seriously mm. and, 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 and have a lot of considerations around that. Mm. And, and the first consideration around price point is that, is that one, there's always what they call these products a magical magical price point okay meaning that it's it's something that when you tell someone they're like oh that's cool and magical price points oftentimes are price points that break a big note mm. so for example if i give you 200 bob you give me 20 bob back mm. so you price it at 180 mm. so i get something back right mm. or if it's at 500 bob mm. you don't charge it at 500 you charge it at 450 okay. so that you give someone change. You get what it's very interesting. interesting. Yeah, that was that was an interesting set around a product. Mm. The other thing about a product is that um, that I learned from 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 the Nessa heat patch is that that so 
the business was very difficult, but the thing that I appreciate about Mr. Heat Patch is that it was the it was the thing that gave me the idea for MOOC. Okay. So, so this gets interesting. Exactly. So so how this happened is that Nessa Heat Patch, um, the first thing that, that happened is that um, I, during that time when I left uh, Instant Grass inside this business, mm. uh, meaning that you know I'd really shipped in the product, everything it was here, mm. and I was going to all the different chemists mm. to to go and tell them about this product, mm. right? That this is this was it was it a product you bought fully made? Were you yes. just were you in the resale business or in a, in a, in a in No, it was from scratch. I made the whole... You designed the thing? Yes. Where did so you manufacture? So, so, so China. Okay. So right. basically, it was a product that was already there, the patch. <clears throat> now it was just the packaging. So what I designed ah. was the packaging and okay. I shipped in the product to Kenya. Okay. And then... and So basically, even the brand that I was selling under, it was called the Nessa Heat Patch. Nessa was a, a name that I had trademarked. Wow. The wow. distribution was purely through the... The Thimberland company. <laughs> the Thimberland company. You are fully integrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Top down. Vertically integrated and everything. <laughs> so I'm dropping this product into the into going to all these different uh, chemists. I was in tw over 25 chemists, two supermarkets. Wow. I was in Chandarana and Uchumi, and I was going to go to Tuskies and uh, Nakumat. Mm. And one of the things that was that 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 um, during that period. There was I, I had started working and doing a consultancy for um, a branding agency. Mm. This branding agency is based out of London called Seven Brands. Mm. Fantastic designers. Mm. And I was working with one of the designers. Um, uh, her name is Hannah. And at the time, we were working on... Yeah, the UK know, has some amazing yeah, design. Amazing ethos. designers. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. this, this, she had done a lot of product design. Right. And so she, you know, I told her about this product that I was selling. And she's just like, oh, let me see it. And when she looked at it, she was just like... Oh my gosh, your branding is all wrong. Wow. So when, when she went and she kind of, during that time, you know, just herself, mm -hmm. redesigned the packaging. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at the packaging of what she had redesigned. So I really made the product, right? Mm. Already 3,000 pieces. I, 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 my money is gone, bro. There's no more money to be packaged. There's no money to be packaged. But bro, I looked at this thing and I recognized the power of branding. Amazing, yeah? That the power, that the design is such a powerful tool for selling. Design is not just a thing that, that you gets, do, as, you a do by the way. as a by the way. Design is a powerful tool for selling anything. And that was one of the most important insights that I took from Nessa Heat Patch into MOOC. Okay. If, probably the most important insight. So let me ask you this, mm -hmm. based on that. Mm -hmm. What is the quality of design that you see or how is what's the design gap in our market here in terms of people doing stuff yes, yes, not yes, necessarily yes. agencies uh, i think both i think i think even the agencies i okay. think i think i think um do people appreciate design number no, one i don't think so and the thing is, is that the, 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 what, what people don't and, and it's in I, I use the word design also very cautiously because on one aspect, I, I believe design to be what you visually see, mm -hmm. but I also believe design to be in, in how something functions, as mm -hmm. well. mm -hmm. right? Um, and the thing is, is that I think that in both aspects of design, that those two things you find generally lacking mm. in, 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 in the way that people build things. Mm. In that on the one aspect that they do not put any importance around how an, a product is perceived. Right. right? The appearance. The appearance the of packaging. the product, the packaging, and how important that is. Mm. Let me give an example. You know, I was, I was, I was telling um, 
one of the biggest things that design delivers is trust. Mm. And let me explain that. The other day, a few weeks ago, I was driving down um, to Nanyuki. And what happens is that when, once you leave Nairobi, all of a sudden it's like all the gas stations are independent, right? Mm. You, mm. There's no more Shell, Total, mm. right? it's just like mm. JPs. <laughs> like, there's all the kinds of gas stations. You're like, who the heck are these guys, right? But they're mm. there and they are serving a market. People mm. stop the fuel, they do mm. their thing. There's, there's a stretch over there in a, as on your way to, to Nanyuki and whatever, where it's just like, you know, just a few gas stations, you know, that are just independent. I remember when we were going down, there was this one gas station that we passed mm. that was so well designed. Mm. In terms of when, I, when you looked at the, the logo, lighting. the branding, the lighting, everything. It was inviting. It was very inviting. And it was one <laughs> of those things. So you see, the thing is, the reason why we feel out of town and, and, and you don't feel in this little gas station is because you don't trust them. Right. You know, the, the thing is That's that you're so like, true. ah, this guy is probably selling me water. He's probably selling water or whatever. You always make assumptions about the guy because, it's so true. because you don't recognize the person's brand, right? Right. But because you don't recognize the brand and that's usually the first thing. But here's the thing. When I looked at this gas station, I looked at it and I looked at the branding. And for me, the first thing that stood out to me was I feel like I can fuel there. I feel like I can take my car and get into that gas station. And, and I'll be there. okay. Simply because look at the way that they have branded. Right. Right. The branding invites me. It, it, it says it creates, it, trust. it creates trust because if you've put that much thought into how you present exactly. yourself, then you must be a real, you must be the real deal. You, you, must, be be you, must, be, you must be a, a new, you get what I'm saying? Yes. And that's the thing that what happens is that when you're presenting a new idea, I remember that in the initial stages of, 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 of when we started MOOC, the first event that we ever did, bro, I think maybe 75% of our transactions didn't go through the way smoothly. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Those, those problems. There was a hitch. So meaning that we had to technical, technical we had to find ways to you know, make sure that we <laughs> the thing completes. You know, we, we, we had to we had to manually complete a number of transactions. But what was interesting is that when we went to the event on the, the day when we were doing the validation at, mm. the, at the event, so our guys were coming and being like, man, this thing is so dope, man. I love how they <laughs> do it. And, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, honestly, like I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe that a huge part of why we have been successful is because we take great attention to design. Man, you know, I'll tell you this, man. Your design game is, is, is impressive. Yes. You know, and, 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 <laughs> and so let's take a step back and talk to people about what MOOC is yes, yes, and, and yes, kind yes, of yes. how Heat Patch went into Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, okay, sorry, we jumped, we jumped, Nini, but Heat Patch taught me many lessons. Mm -hmm. Now, Heat, the thing is, the same girl that I'm talking to you about in terms of um, the, the lady who, the designer. Mm -hmm. So we're having a conversation and she's like, you know, so, you know we're just talking about this and, 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 and I, 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 you know, I tell her, you know, how I'm trying to sell this product and she's like, how are you selling it? So she gives me like a whole way to kind of redesign my Facebook page because right? mm -hmm. I was selling the stuff on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But the thing is with the Facebook page is that I told her a lot of the interaction that I'm getting is from Facebook. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, maybe you should try and find a way to, to sell this thing on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but how would I do that? Mm -hmm. so she's like, I think there's some like apps. So she goes and she shows me these, these, these like different options. Right? Mm -hmm. She's like, try this, try this. And at the point, I remember Shopify wasn't there, but Shopify was a, had a different name. Mm. I think it was Equid or something like that. It mm. had a different, mm. and then they merged to become Shopify, something mm. like that. Mm. And so 
so one of these things I'm looking at it and I'm like oh this is super cool that I can connect this thing to my Facebook page but then I remember looking at it and just being like okay but why I can display the product but how will someone pay mm, mm. Right? how do you complete then, the transaction and then yeah. after they pay mm. how will they how will the item be delivered Mm-hmm. The real business. So, exactly, the real business. So for me, it was like, so my head side, you know, like my brain was just there like, this is a good idea, but how is this? It's like, incomplete. I, like it's incomplete. So then, um, well, after one of these days where I'm, so this is just kind of thoughts in my head yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I actually had the thing up just kind of like being like, and, and I put my phone number as kind of like the impressor number, like impressor me, right, this right. number, and then right. we'll see what happens. Right. But no one ever made an order, but there are a lot of people who are interested. Right. So there's one day, um, one Monday, just a weekday, I go to uh, MOOC co-founder, yeah. uh, Poji. Yeah. And so I, I randomly just, you know, after spending a, you know, I'm the morning in town. <laughs> so I go visit him. He, at the time he was living in Kilalesha, so I just, you know, passed by his place. Yeah. I just kind of like... You know, I've been, out, I've been out of the field, bro, in my briefcase, just to kind of, you know, kick it and just... Yeah, let me just... I, I think we're, we're just talking about something. I don't know what we're talking about. Right. So I go to him and, I, and, and part of the thing I tell him, I'm like, bro, you need to... So we had started a company called the Ideas Company with mm. Okay. And the whole thinking around the Ideas Company was to be able to develop <coughs> ideas. Mm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And... and, and at the, in, the, in the initial version of how we had thought about the ideas company was that we wanted to develop ideas for companies to then go and execute. Okay. But then what we realized was like, why don't we then also, like what you're doing, mm. think about developing our own ideas mm. and bring them to market. Mm-hmm. And so we started thinking about different things. So we would spend a lot of, there are times where we'd come and we just brainstorm on different things. Mm. So this was one of those days where it was like, it was, I remember it was a mid-morning mm. type of situation mm. and it was just like, Let's have this meeting. Mm. So we go and we sit down. We have our board meeting for the ideas company. <laughs> I love it. And so I sit there and I tell him, I'm like, yo, man, there's something I noticed the other day. So I explain to him whatever. So I show him the thing and he's just like, he's like, dude, maybe we should build it. So I'm like, okay. You think mm-hmm. we can, you know, so it becomes now this thing where all of a sudden now, here we are just kind of like, yo, 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 then we can do this. And the thing is, we're thinking about building it because we were trying to, we were, one of the things that we were taking on as, as one of the things that we wanted to help as the ideas company was the Nessa Heat Patch. Okay. How can we help Nessa Heat Patch sell? sell. So now we're looking at Facebook and we're like, bro, so for Nessa Heat Patch, we're going to build a thing that's going to work like this, it's going to do this, it's going to do this, da, 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 right? So we're trying to find a solution for the Nessa Heat Patch. Mm-hmm. But as we're talking about and, and it... the solution was about... Completing transactions on Facebook. On Facebook, right? How do we? How do you make any pay bill? Then you can do this. So we're just here bouncing off ideas, right? Like how we can we can make this thing work. Um, but as we we're talking about it, we we're like, man, this is this is actually like a really good idea, right? right? right. Outside of just the Nessa heat patch, who else can it like? Have? Like this is actually a really good idea, man. Right. So uh, anyway, we left it at that. But we kept thinking about it. We kept thinking about it, and that's one of the uh, now the next meeting that we had. We were like, Ta-da, "This is how this thing would work." Because now what we did is that we went and talked to a guy who was uh, a dev, mm-hmm. and we asked him, "Is it possible to build something like this?" Mm-hmm. When he said it, he said it was possible. We were like, "Okay, cool." So both of you are not technical. No, no, no. Both me and Poji are not technical. Okay. Oh, but we needed to find out from a technical guy whether this idea that we were having was possible. Right. So now when we came back, we were like, "Ah, oh, man!" And so at the time, one of the words that that uh, actually learned it from Poji and was, was MOOC. So MOOC was short for Mukwanja. Mm. 
Mkwanja means money in Shen. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it used to be a thing for like when you used to ask each other for money, you'd be like, hey bro, you have some mook. Okay. Right? <laughs> That's where that came from. Like, yeah, 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 you have some mook. Yeah. So now, yeah. as we're thinking about it, because you see, we were trying to figure out how, yeah. how to make money. Right, right. <laughs> so we're like, dude, we should call this thing mook. Right? So, so we went to Google to see if M-O-O-K was available, but we found that the M-O-O-K-H so that's when you were like, yeah, we'll call it Mook. <laughs> so the, the, H, better, the H is man. like, the H is like, yeah. And that's it. Like that's how, that's literally how the story, yeah. Mook, Mook the name started. came about. Yeah. yeah, the name came about and also how it started. So think about it from this. Right now, Mook is known as a ticketing company, isn't mm-hmm. it? But at the initial stage, we weren't trying to, we weren't even thinking about ticketing. You're trying we were to trying to it. solve a problem for products. We were trying to sell a product, right? And so. So basically, it was a payment solution. It was a payment solution, right? Right. It was a, what we were trying to do, and that's that, that's a, that's a huge thing that you just said because at the time, the thing that we were trying to solve, mm. to be quite honest, mm. it wasn't the fact that there wasn't an interface to go and put up your product. Mm. It was that there was no credible way to make a payment mm. online. Mm. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? So, 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 so in those days, even maybe even now, uh, how what were the options? Because we had M-Pesa. M-Pesa. We had M-Pesa there, but now you say that you're M-Pesa guy or get a pay bill. So you right? still you have so to get have... off the exactly. the experience had to go to a different channel. It had to go to a different the payment channel. Ha- the, 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 the buyer experience and the payment experience were divorced. So exactly. Okay. Exactly. So there wasn't, a, there wasn't the, ex- the, the expectation of that the place where you're shopping is the place where you buy that thing. Right. 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 right, right. Um, or pay so, for that thing. And pay for that thing. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is that we took one aspect and completed it. What we did is completed the loop, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the loop that was missing was being able to display the product, yes, mm-hmm. but also be able to accept a payment for that product right. very quickly and right. easily right. as well. So basically and e-commerce, so, classic e-commerce. Basically classic e-commerce. Right. Now, for almost a whole year, we were just here trying to figure out how to build the product. So we, we were working with this developer to try and build out the products and all that stuff. During that period is... Of course, we were communicating with people about what it is that we're doing. A, a number of our friends, mm. talking to them about it, you know, just telling them, hey, we're working on this, da, da, da. Mm. Close friends. Mm. One of our close friends, um, Modoni, mm. drama queen. Mm. <laughs> She'll hear MDQ. this, I'm sure. <laughs> ah, for sure, man. She's, she's a huge part of the story because right. MDQ was the first person who began to agitate. And I still remember we were at her house and she began to agitate to us. She's like, yo, man. Make this thing sell tickets. Where did she come with that thought? Because from? she was running blankets and wine. Oh, and so for her, so she had a she, ticketing problem. She had a ticketing problem, right? But on top of that, she was also a musician. Okay. Right. So on the one hand, she's a she, she's a musician and she's also an event organizer. And those were two pain points that she was having. I want to sell my stuff on Facebook also. Right. I want to sell my tickets on on Facebook. Right. Also. Right. So if you think about it from the initial sent, uh, the, the in fact the initial way in two in two thousand we went live in when we went live in two thousand and fifteen, the only way that you could use MOOC, right, was by embedding it onto a Facebook page. Wow, big problem. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? We didn't have. There was no what you see now. There mm. wasn't a place to, on MOOC to come and buy things. Mm, mm. Literally, what was on MOOC was sign up. Then after you sign up, you create a store and then you embed that store onto your Facebook. Mm. So Facebook, your Facebook page becomes the only place where someone can buy your, 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 your product, your product right, or right. Your, whatever it is that you're selling. Right. That was the initial iteration. In fact, we did not, we did not change how MOOC operated until late 2016. 
Mm-hmm. So for 2015 to 2016, right? The way that people were buying things on on MOOC was through a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You had to go set it up, then plug it into a Facebook page. Mm. Then from the Facebook page, you buy it from there. So what we had done is had enabled the, the, the purchase process to happen within Facebook. Which, right? which was a great first step. Absolutely. Right? Oh, it was a great idea. Now, the thing that was interesting is that when we initially, when we launched, the, the, when we launched MOOC, we launched with ticketing. Mm-hmm. And that was... So she convinced you. She, she, won, convinced she won the argument. Yes, she won the argument. And okay. it made sense because right. first it was like, it's, it, it doesn't have to just be a product. It right. can be anything because right. really what you're trying to do is, 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 is seal the loop around, I've shown you my product, can I pay for it? Right. So it could be a product, it could be a ticket, it could right. be a song, right. whatever it is. Whatever it is. Like right. the right. point is that you And, and right now, MOOC, MOOC, what are your main product lines? What are the main SKUs right now as you, as you stand today? What do you sell? So right now we do products. Mm. No. We do tickets. Mm-hmm. We do music and ebooks, mm-hmm. which is under the category which you call digital content. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are also v- literally in the next, before the end of March, we'd have launched our products category, um, which is something that we've been wanting to launch for quite some time. So you're going back to what you, yes. were, what you were trying to do before, yes, yes, but yes, now yes, not yes. on Facebook, through your own Yes, platform. through our own e-commerce through through e-commerce so are you going to be enabling other e-commerce vendors or what's the play here so um the way that so if we initially that's that was kind of the the main way that for us we saw ourselves as kind of just powering what people are already doing mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. which is on social media all that stuff mm-hmm. um it wasn't until later when when now you know and this is a thing that I think, you know, we talked about even before we started this, in terms of, you know, when you product market fit, you, you, you come and you present an idea. Mm-hmm. And, and what we realized is that the thing that we were solving was being able to help people just easily and quickly get online and start selling, right? Mm-hmm. That really was the key thing that mm-hmm. we were trying to, to, to answer. Infrastructure for people to do yes. business. People just do business, you know, like get online, start doing business mm. without thinking too much mm. about how you need to set things up, right? Having a website, all that stuff. Mm. But the way that the initial iteration of the idea was plug it to Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. But then when we were trying to raise capital mm. um, <laughs> in early 2016, because we, when we started MOOC, we had no money. Mm-hmm. Zero, mm-hmm. right? It was... Uh, Which is a question that I have, but yes, this yes, is yes. so cool. Bootstrapping. How Bootstrapping. Did, talk us through zero money uh-huh. to raising money. What, what was the timeline? It was too long. It was too long. How did you go about it? So one of the things that we did in the very beginning, and just just because the, the kind of the stories are kind of yeah yeah, like, yeah. is that we from because we had no money, we were like we need to start raising capital very early. Mm. So even as soon as even before we had validated the idea, we started raising capital. I think when I look back at that, it was it was it was deeply ambitious because. We really hadn't validated the idea. We didn't, we didn't fully understand. We didn't even understand the understood the proper, you know, market fit. Right, Do you get what I'm saying? Because we were still at Facebook, Ideas. Facebook, Facebook, yeah. Facebook, right? Yeah. And I remember the 2016 when we were presenting to our first kind of angels. investors, yeah. angels, to yeah. talk about MOOC and the opportunity, yeah. and they kept asking us, "This is a great idea, but..." What if Facebook shuts you down? I mean, because I'm saying, like, what if Facebook just... And, and I remember, you know, we kept having to, to answer that question. 
and it began to kind of seed in our minds this idea of these guys are right. Like our business model cannot rest on somebody else's, on somebody platform. else's platform. Yeah, so many things that failed. There are too many things that that uh, there are too many. Like for example, you know, you've seen all the things that happened with privacy, privacy just a few, and, all and, and they had to shut down a number of the APIs. You can imagine if if yeah. our whole system wow. was Damn. fully and dependent upon Facebook, we would have been having quite a few issues right mm. now. You know. Mm. So that began the seeding of this idea of maybe we need to be able to begin to start building this ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Of this what we're trying to facilitate for this seller. Mm-hmm. And so we started now that's when we introduced our directory, mm-hmm. which is basically a place where the, the that yes, you can still embed your store on Facebook, but now you can also come and buy directly. So you can now tell people go to mook.com mm-hmm. and purchase mm-hmm. a ticket. So basically becoming a Shopify. Exactly. Shopify. But but the thing that's interesting about Shopify is that Shopify still doesn't have that you can go to shopfair.com and shop. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you go to shopfair.com and and you create your site, yep. then you then you tell people to go to that site, right? Right, right, right. right, um, right. So for us, that so, basically, so we were building a Shopify model, mm-hmm. but we deviated in that model by creating this directory. Got it. Right. So basically, you are almost content management for. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So but now what what we're doing is that now. What, what, instead of you telling someone... Cataloging, essentially. Exactly. So now we are basically creating a, a catalog of the people that are selling on, on, our, on, on the platform. Um, and, and so, in terms of how you... What was the timeline for, from idea to, I guess, raising your first external money? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it took so long, man. Dude, we didn't raise any, we didn't raise any C capital until 2000 and... Until last year. Okay. Last year. Okay. And, so, and so, so, so we're talking about a two, almost a, a two, two, three, almost a, almost a, almost a two and a two and a half year journey. Journey with with no raising money, right? No raising money. So let me ask you this question. So, but by the but even in that period, what was changing on the product side on the company side, right? Because you didn't you didn't wait to raise money to start moving. The yeah, thing. I mean the thing is is just that um, one of the things that we we decided from very early on was that. Um, because of just kind of the, the ecosystem that we exist in, that we are going to have to find a way for this thing to generate some type of revenue. And so how we did that is that um, we decided to target big, we decided to focus in on ticketing, so meaning that we had all the categories live, mm-hmm. but the reason why we, you know, we're known as a ticket is because we actually looked at it and said ticketing is a place where we have the greatest cash, you can get cash flow you can get quickly good, good cash flow mm. moving mm. and um so we focused in on on, on the ticketing category mm. and then on top of that we then also focused in on getting big events so we we decided to utilize our networks okay. and see how we can basically onboard the bigger events what was your biggest event First event. Oh, biggest first event was uh, the first one we did was Africa Novo, which is an event done by Blackets and Wine. Okay. So that was. How, what was cool. the? That's amazing. So how many attendants? What was that like? I think the guys? attendance. I don't remember what the attendance was for that. One, to be honest, mm. it was like three and a half years ago. Um, I don't. I don't quite remember, but I know it was. I mean, for us, it was like this is amazing. It's huge, right? Yeah. So, so, so this is an important point because. You found a way to cash flow the business and get money in. You raised money from customers, basically. Yes, that's what we did. We raised money from customers. And that's the thing that I think that is super unique. And just not to deviate, but I think, I think one of the, 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 the key differentiators between... Okay. 
I, I genuinely believe that what Africa is going through right now is some type of uh, digital boom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a mm -hmm. technological, a tech boom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when the when the beginning, when when the very beginning stages of the embryonic what, phase, embryonic phase of a tech boom, mm -hmm. and very similar to what happened in um, in the US, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of perceptions around, you remember the internet boom? Yeah, the dot com. Dot yeah. com. Dot com, which the internet bus. boom yeah. slash bust. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the things that I think that is significantly different about the companies that are being built or digital or tech companies that are being built in this in Africa mm. is that at that point in time, what had happened in the financial factors that were happening where interests had gone down, there's a lot of money to that people were looking to lend in the and states. So in the states. Mm. Right? During the dot com during, during the dot com period. Yeah. Mm. That, and even it's very similar right now. Yeah, exactly. It's very in the sense that there was a lot of capital money. that was coming in to be like right. whatever idea you have here, you let's go. go. You get everything. Whatever idea you have here, let's go. Mm. Now those things those things those things were happening at the same time where customers were now getting more access to the internet. Right. Right, so and now good. devices were, you know, the devices were now there for people to be able to access these online services, mm -hmm. and so there was all these factors happening at the same time. Of, yeah. Exactly, that money was available. Money was available, and the internet was becoming the, exactly. So, the, so this stuff is happening with the, the consumer is changing, mm. and there's a product, and there's a lot of money pouring right. into this, this a new space, channel, right. a new channel. Mm. Now the difference is, is that with 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 Africa right now, is that over the last. 10 years, there has been a massive adoption of digital mobile, mobile mm. of mobile, mm. right? Basically. Mm -hmm. And what mobile has done is that it has basically changed the access that people have to the created internet. A whole new market. It has created a whole new market. Potential market. market. Exactly. Yeah. And it has been happening for a very long time. Right. Right? So, but on top of that, it's being driven further by this massive youth bulge mm -hmm. that we have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in Kenya alone, we're talking about 78%. In other, in generally, on average, you're talking about 70%. Or people who are at the age of 35. Insane. It's insane. Right. It's insane when you think about that. I mean, it's, 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 it's absolutely, you know, for me, when I, when I think about it, it's, it's absolutely insane. And so, the way that I look at why African tech companies, for the longest time, Right? Even for us, like over the last three and a half years, we have been forced because one aspect has been missing, which is the available capital. Mm. And so what that has done is that it has forced us to build legitimate tech Business. companies. Yeah. Legitimate businesses that have a very sound Only those basis. ones survive. Only those ones, exactly. But they have a very sound basis around there's a model here. Right. Right? Right. The only thing that is lacking is in the ability of the of the capital to be able to supercharge right. this thing. Right. And so it's a great benefit to us is right. that what has happened is that there's a tech boom that's happening, but the businesses that are it's happening for are legit. Right. <laughs> right? This is very interesting because the, the, the flip side of that is how many legitimate opportunities are not making it. Exactly. Exactly. Is, there, is, there, is there some kind of, of course, let's say you're 100% of the businesses that get started, the top 10% are the ones who can monetize early yes. and survive or figure out a way yes. to get to the point where now they are going concern. And then maybe there's another band of maybe 30% who, for lack of being able to be funded, supported, whatever, die yes. too early. Is yes. there that too? Do you Absolutely. Think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think the, the thing is that the kind of environment that you know, and, and the, this is part of the reason why I think the discussion that, that, that you cons consistently have around the ecosystem is 
is so important mm. because, because of the lack of that ecosystem. There are so many great ideas that are dying at the altar of these few things. Mm. Don't have any access to financial capital, right? Mm. There's no way to be able to even have an understanding of how to test an idea or grow an idea. Mm. The right? skill set of the, skill set the order of operations of, order of, order of taking operations, a product to market. Exactly, taking a product to market. Those mm. things don't. Like, basically, the, 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 the things that I'm taking into this tech to building this tech business are things that are skill sets that I, I developed outside of that, mm -hmm. that space, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, a bit of an advantage. Mm -hmm. My thing is this, I wondered to myself, if, for example, that Poji and myself did not have the kind of network that we did, mm -hmm. would MOOC exist? Would MOOC exist? Do you very, get what I'm very, saying? Very but we had, to, yeah. we had to leverage, mm -hmm. right? We had to leverage heavily right. on, 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 on the networks that we and had. And the knowledge that you had. And the knowledge that we had to be able to even you know, have a chance, right? Right. Right. And and this is not to say that you know this is um, you know that's that's part of the thing that causes green business to exist. No, but I think it's the fact that specifically around the tech space mm. is that there's so much that is lacking. Right. There's so much um, 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 support that is you know needed, that yeah. that is needed in that space right. for legitimate yes legitimate solutions that exist right now. Legitimate solutions that yes. exist. Yes. Um, you know, when when I think about like the fact that. Because we're in the initial stages of this 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 tech boom, mm. the reason why I say the initial stage of the tech boom is because what what I believe we we have is a situation where because of the type of consumer we have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean is this is that this youth bulge of digital natives, mm. right? People who are growing up online. Online. They're coming faster into the marketplace than solutions are able, than we're able to create solutions. That's crazy. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Meaning that I actually think that the, the, the window is closing, right? The window is closing where it's basically now. Uh, uh, let me put it this. Let me put it this way. Not the window is closing. Is that is that by, by window is closing? I mean the window of 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 opportunity for for that before the avalanche hits, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just basically now. You as a business, there will come a time because of the consumer mm. where you can literally, fully have a business that exists online. And if you if you do, if you're not able to make that transition, exactly, you're going to you're good. That's the, that, you're that, that's, that's the right window now. that I'm talking about. Got it. So that's the window that that for those guys who don't who don't understand that, right? Is that that's going to happen, and the people who are going to mod the the the, 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 the platforms that you'll be like, where did these guys come from? Right. It'll just be guys who are selling on Instagram and it's happening right Facebook. now. It's happening right and, now. And you know the th the thing is, so for example, I mean, I, I've you've seen me kind of <laughs> even before I made the move, right? We met in October 2017, I think it was, mm -hmm. when I'd come here to kind of make to do my market research mm -hmm. to determine, okay, where is the gap? Because I'm there is. You know, I spent many, many years in the Bay Area. Every single company I ever worked for, every single one, never considered Africa a market. All the tech startups I ever worked for, market Africa was never a, ma a market. Yes. And I always felt so invisible during those meetings. Mm -hmm. We would have these all hands meetings and they would put the global map on the on the, on the, on the screen. <laughs> Africa was this just big black nothing. Yeah, yeah, There's no strategy for that. Yeah, yeah. At first, I used to feel invisible. Okay, this is 2007, 2008, 2009. And that's when the undersea cable hit, and I knew, okay, that's the opening. Yes. Okay, that's a, that's an inflection point of of sorts. Yes. But then later on, I started feeling that that's an opportunity, because 
I know that the products that are being created in the Bay Area, right, those startups, will still be needed in those markets. So who's going to build them, right? And so for me, you know, um, making the move was just that historicity of knowing that we're starting from a very low bar technologically. And holy cow, who's going to actually build these things? Are we going to let... The, those companies all of a sudden realize that there's this, te- you know. Yes, it's too late. <laughs> but it's too late. It's too late for them. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, people. Okay. Because they, listen, here's the thing: are mm-hmm. uh, the reality of the situation is, um, are we able to actually bring products to market? Are, are innovators able to bring products to market to meet the demand of the day today? Mm-hmm. Local founders. How many local founders are able to to, to step up and to take the product to market like you have? There's a big risk here because the reality of the situation is a lot of people are dying, like you said, on the vine. Like a lot of startups ideas are dying, great ones, right? Because they can't get funding, they can't, they don't have the skill sets to move forward. So there's a still a big, I mean, these companies can come in, these founders can come in and actually take the market. Nothing is a guarantee here. You know what? I think I think that they. So what that means, not to not to cut you off, to me, the my biggest fear is there's this huge, you know, you know, innovation driven a uh, new economy that's emerging like we've just talked about but who's going to benefit from it is it going to be the second di- scramble for africa that's going to happen i call it the digital scramble for africa it's happening right now whether we like it or not whether we are ready for it or not mm-hmm. because our founders a lot of them are not able entrepreneurs are not able to actually get over the hump and start to build things because of lack of skills lack of funding lack of support lack of an ecosystem and the reality of time is not going to wait for us um yeah, man. I, to be honest, I, it's it's actually one of the things that I just this year I communicated to the team that you know I, I feel like 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 the thing that we don't have the luxury of is time. You know, we thought we had time to do a lot of stuff. We don't have we time. Don't have time. We don't have time. And, and 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 I mean that not in terms of like the competition, but I mean that in terms of the market. I think the market right now, if you do, if you look at the the. the you know, these this numbers are completely astounding to me. Like even in Kenya, for example, in Kenya, you know, of this age group, that these youth bars that we're talking about, only a third of them are between, uh, 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 in, in, in the marketplace right now, with financial power to be able to spend. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, just Meaning a that they're 20, 20, 20, 20 years, 20 to, they're, they're 20 to, 29 years old, right? Mm. It's only a third mm. of this potential marketplace that is about to enter into this. Into the, so meaning there's two-thirds of this youth bands that I'm talking about that every year, every year we're getting more and more digital mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. getting into gainful employment, starting their own things, getting you know, more money. So the bulge is starting the bulges, so now the thing is that the marketplace is growing. Mm. The mm. marketplace is mm. inevitably it's just, it's just growing. But, but here's the thing. So the, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that the way that I look at it in terms of like the fact that there is no time is, is more around the fact that we, when you look at a solution like, for example, M-Pesa, right? Mm. M-Pesa is so uniquely, I don't even know if it's an African solution, but I know it's such a uniquely Kenyan solution. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it really gets us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 something that that, that it solved a problem. That it solved a problem that we had, Unique, right? Yeah, yeah. Uniquely, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how long in America they sat down to whatever. 
Maybe eventually they think about it. Yeah, but, but there are too suppose, many incumbents, right? They're exactly. credit card companies. So basically, Mpesa. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, yes, Mpesa, many stakeholders, all that stuff. Mm. The solution, they were trying to find a solution for this, mm. and they managed to find a solution around this, mm. how it came about, and all that. But I think the thing is that there's a certain uniqueness around the way our understanding of, of, of the continent that is a huge huge competitive advantage but that can be overlooked. Yeah, but I agree with you. The problem is this. Yes. You can have a competitive advantage. If you cannot power it, yes. it is a moot point. Yes, it's moot. Right? Absolutely. So for me, as, as, as making the decision to move here, was I looked at the conditions and I looked at the outcomes that were already manifesting yes. and who was actually bringing products to market and who was getting funded and who was not getting funded. And it's not even just a funding thing. I think there's, a, there's even a bigger problem like you talked about. Lack of just knowing the order of operations of taking a product to market. Yes. I mean, you guys figured it out in a way, right? You know, so it can be yes. done. But it's the With gap. many mistakes along the With way. many mistakes along yeah. the way. But because of your network, your experience, somehow you survived. You know, I, I guess for me it was just a question of, okay, there's this huge opportunity. But knowing how, having been exposed to the Bay Area and seeing the support infrastructure that exists, or people who've been there, done that, people who can actually help you see round corners, people who can actually make introductions to critical contacts, and just knowing how that works and how important it is for an entrepreneur on an early stage startup to get support mm-hmm. before even money. Money is important, yes, 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 yes. but to get the support that you need to Absolutely. even be able to begin to Absolutely. survive, have a viable opportunity, Absolutely. it's critically important. And in, in our ecosystem, I just think, it's just rough. Yeah. It's rough for people out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and th- th- that's the thing, man. Like the and, and we talked about this because it's the, the, the recognition for us is that there's so many things that we're doing that you know you're almost in a sense walking completely green. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. as a founder, like, as, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, like there's like you know, I was telling you how like you know when we initially began started doing the whole thing about around fundraising, I mean I was completely clueless not only that was I clueless but even the guys who I was talking to the lawyers that I was talking to were completely clueless you know and you could tell like you could tell they didn't know what they did but it was like yeah I'm a lawyer I should know this stuff right (laughs) but most of the most of the stuff that you're talking about there that you're like yo this this investor guy asked me about you know IRR vesting vesting you know (laughs) he's like exit uh, exit clause (laughs) The guys just there like, yeah, 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 let's 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 do some research let's on that. Do that. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a sense, you know, you you you're not even understanding how to value your business, how to how to value on a, you know what it is that you're working on or or even how to present what it is that you're working on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like some of the greatest benefits that I've had has been, you know, just even in terms of having, you know, people within my network who are able to just help you understand how to how to sell that an idea that's in your head. You get what I'm saying? Meaning that this thing, yes, this thing is you, founder, all that stuff. But you need someone to come and help you how to, to, to figure out how to how to communicate what it is the, that you me, do. The product messaging. Product the product market, message, exactly. To this point, product marketing is a massive, uh, like a massively important uh, part of startup companies in, as, mm-hmm. a, as a career. Mm-hmm. There are people who are just product marketers. They're trying to figure out what is the language yes. that the customers will understand. Yes. So that is a whole domain. It's not a thing yes. that you just say, oh, you know what? Yeah, we, yeah, we'll yeah. just call it, it's you what? Exactly. No, no, it's a, it's a discipline. Yes. And then there's yes. product management, yes. which is allied to that in some way. Yes. 
Anyway, you've been there, done that, you're doing yeah, that, you're learning yeah, yeah, that you Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. There's so, so many simple things and different lessons. And this is the, Mark, you have to do this. You, you have to continue to do this, this kind of work and make sure that because we have to build this thing. I think I've shared this with you before. You know, even just understand, you know, the importance of, of design and branding, you know, for you as a startup. Mm. Being able to also understand, for example, the, I told you how we weren't able to find in the initial stages about when you were doing our URL. Mm. So book.com was taken by, anyway, it's a long story, that part. Mm. So what we did is that we were like, ah, it's okay, uh, uh, we'll find another URL. And so the other URL that we decided to go with was uh, mymook.com. Right, 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 right. Remember that, yeah. Now, no one, would, if, if someone had to, would have told me in that time the implications of that decision, mm. because at the time, I didn't understand how important a URL name is. Do you get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like, there was literally no other place where we used the words mymook. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere. But because it was in our URL, mm. that was, that's what the name of our company was. Straight to this date, mm. even you. Even me, I still call you my MOOC. He still call me my MOOC. Hey, my MOOC, my MOOC. And the thing is, it used to make me cringe every single time I'd hear someone be like, my MOOC. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It's because of the URL. Why did you change it though? Because that was never the intent. There was never, that was the reason why we called it my MOOC. Was because was that was because because the, 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 That's the URL that was, that, that was whatever, that was, <laughs> that was available at the time. But we, we had owned MOOC.com. So, ah. but we didn't, so, so we thought, as a temple uh, temporarily you own mook.com yes then something happened that we, we lost access to it right okay so during that period we're like just in between here let's just call it my, my mook <laughs> then when we get it back we just switch back to mook.com <laughs> fab that thing was that, that thing was that do you know what i'm saying like, yeah. like that thing c can literally transform you know the, the, the thing and here's here let me give you a corollary to this mm -hmm. i have founders that i work with and their email address is admin at, let me just use my MOOC. <laughs> they don't put their name yes, 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 as yes. Timba at, you know how you put Timba yes. at MOOC.Africa? Mm -hmm. They put admin. Mm -hmm. Like admin. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, what to branding and all you're saying, that doesn't communicate trust to me. If, you're, if I'm somebody's emailing me admin at so-and-so company, and you're a startup, you're trying, you're trying to build familiarity, trust, comfortability. Yes. I've seen things of that nature and I'm just like, why would they? I've seen that twice with people who are building startups. I'm like, yeah. what's wrong? What's wrong with your name? I mean, have you seen that before? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's just those different little things, man. So it's just like, and, and, and you know, right now, one of the things that I think is the biggest tragedy about building a business, a tech business in, in, in Africa is that one is that the, the local capital doesn't understand it. So local capital doesn't understand how to value a technical business, a tech business, right? Yeah. Um, they just don't. Right. And so what happens is that um, because the, the local guy doesn't get it, he'd rather go and invest in uh, land and whatever, right? So that's one part. Right. Second part is this, is that if you wanted to go and find alternative means of financing, even if it's here locally, right? right you need to have a security. Right? So for me even to go to the bank, even as a group, even right now, mm. in spite of us guys being there for three and a half years, mm. if I want to go to the bank and get access financing, right, They're you not. have to give a security. Right. The other day I saw that uh, there's a fund that has been launched for creatives mm. um, and for growth, growth, growth 
companies. So basically companies that have been you know, doing stuff and they're working and all that stuff. And the thing that was amazing to me is that even those guys, they got a, they, they, they got a grant from or some funding from another organization to lend that money. Mm. Even them require you to have an asset, right? So my question is this, is that... Who's this money for? Young people don't have assets. Exactly, and the young people don't have assets, right? So meaning that, that, that even the, the, the understanding of, number one, that these people who are coming into the marketplace, right? They're, they're not just young people who are buyers, they're also young people who are sellers, right? right? Is that, that there's a whole, you know, pot of, of, of youthful energy, talent, ideas, all that stuff, but there's absolutely almost no leeway or no pathway to being able to access financing of any kind. Mm. If you remember when in the US, mm. right, as soon as you get to college, forget me, I'm about to get to college, as soon as you turn 18 and you get your phone line, mm. right, mm. Now, it's, now it's registered under your name, mm. what happens with that phone line? You begin to start building a credit, credit history. history yeah. After that credit history, what happens is that I remember very vividly in, in my first account that I opened when I was, when I was 18 in, in the States, mm. the first account that you open over there, they give you a credit card. $500, very right. little, little right. money. Right. 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 But what do you do? You build a credit history right. so that you can be able to start accessing. Right. If you go and look at the the, the the stories for most of these guys and their Airbnb. Family, Airbnb. How did they pay for most of their bills? Credit, credit cards. cards. You get what I'm saying? Credit cards, yeah. They had access. Right. They had some type of access to, to something. Even if they keep things moving. You know that car, 200k, 100 Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the energy that moves business. Right. Right. Let me tell you something that's very interesting. Right. A huge part of... The, right now, what's happening is, is that people are finding other ways to be able to access capital, right? Mm -hmm. what, I, what, what we discovered uh, for us is that there was, there was other, you know, chamas, mm -hmm. there's a thing called table banking mm -hmm. that we were part of, mm -hmm. that we were, we were all a part of, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that's interesting. In some of these things, mm -hmm. right, there's a thing like, for example, this thing called table banking. Mm -hmm. Table banking, I won't get into the details of how it works. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, yeah. Story uh, so, yeah. But it's basically a peer lending platform. Right. Right? right. Amongst here. You bring money, you need it, you trade, and, and you, you borrow, the interest is at I think ten percent mm -hmm. monthly. Can you imagine wow. that? Ten percent mm -hmm. a month. That's crazy. Yeah. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There are so many businesses surviving on table banking. On table banking. Right? But what's more the thing is this they are paying ten percent interest rate and these guys are paying back. They are borrowing money. And paying, and paying what, what 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 makes that work? This maybe this final question for today because we are really yeah, yeah we're over time. But the thing is, is that the thing that's making this thing work is that there is no. First of all, what's happening? Why, why are people paying back? Why are people paying back? Because mm. they can. Because there are legitimate people there who want to do real business. Mm. The thing is this: is that there is no one who is willing to take a risk on young people. Mm, mm, mm. Fundamentally, that is the point. But 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 here's the question: is so there's also people who are lending money but the non-performing loan problem is, is, is an issue. Yes. Here, it, it is, is it because they are business owners or is it because there's a social pressure? What is yes. the mechanism that makes this work? There's a social pressure. There's, what it is basically is this. Reputation yeah. risk. Reputation risk, all that stuff. What you think about it is this, is that it's the same thing as, as, as the credit rating system, right? Mm -hmm. But the credit rating system, what it does is that it begins to... Uh, it's a forcing function. It's a, it's, it's a function that shows you the type of person a person is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Of, this is a person who pays things right. for things. This is a person who right. doesn't pay for things. Right. right? 
Um, the thing is, is that there have been models that have been created, for example, around uh, uh, similar to table banking, which is basically the thing around like this, I think called Opportunity International, where they'd lend to groups of women, you know, those things, yeah, yeah, groups, yeah. all these hold each other yeah. accountable. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah, many yeah. models, accountability, accountability yeah. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. There are many models that can exist to be able to ensure that the, 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 the money that is, is lent is 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 recouped, is, is recouped can, yeah, right? can be and, back, and can yeah. be gathered back, yeah. and, and 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 what happens in the event that that doesn't happen? Yeah. But here's the thing, in in the context of this whole this whole uh, scenario, it's kind of like a thing I read yesterday where it says that marriage is like uh, flights, uh, like an aeroplane. You only hear of the crashes, but you never hear about the success, success, success <laughs> successful landings every day. Right. But in the same breath, they are so many young people who are not interested in defrauding. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. There are many young people who are who are building legitimate good businesses. Mm. Right? Mm. And there's a way to be able to validate that. Mm. Right? Mm. Which basically requires you looking beyond an asset. Right. Right? right, it means you looking into how the, their business model, what yeah, history, their, their history, yeah. how they've been performing. Look at their bank state, you know things like yeah, that. Yeah. They're literally so basically what you're saying is, is our capital, ma our capital market, so to speak, mm -hmm. need to to evolve. But but there's there some open, you know, things like table banking, chamas. Those are just indicators yes. of people being innovative around that. Yes. But listen, Timba, we could talk all day long. All day. <laughs> you have taken <laughs> you have taken our podcast and just expanded it, and I think we'll have to do this. Again, yeah, because we, we need to kind of talk a little bit about your fundraising experience. We talk about your, your growth. We need to talk about you know you know just those lessons that you've learned that you've picked because you're a, you're a wealth of knowledge. Because we don't have a lot of people like yourself and a few others who've actually raised a seed round and actually doing a growth a, a growth startup. Uh, so we will have to do this again, part two. Mm -hmm. And uh, to the Chini Imagine listeners, man, I apologize for. <laughs> do I apologize? Actually, no. This is extra content, so you should be enjoying this. Oh, but it, man, it's, 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 it's it's hell along. You know, Thimba and I, when we get together, man, we can. It's a brainstormer, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you can talk forever. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, we will see you. We, as a reminder, we have we are hosting. Um, we we have a big event next Thursday, the twenty eighth of February at six pm at the uh, Daystar Auditorium. We'll be hosting Scott Chacon, founder of GitHub, for an ecosystem talk um, as Impact Africa Network. So with that, without further ado, have a good one. Till next time. That's what's up.